Hello everyone, Mark here from Casting Through Ancient Greece, bringing you a teaser from the latest bonus episode over on Patreon. If you like what you hear and want to support the series, you can head over to Patreon to support Casting Through Ancient Greece, where you'll gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many others. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another bonus episode here on Patreon, where this episode we'll be exploring the Homeric epic poem, the Iliad. And like always, I want to acknowledge the continued support you're all giving the series. I'm truly appreciative of your devotion to the show. Last bonus episode, we began our three-part look at the epic poet Homer. My intention was to originally devote one episode to him, before then moving on the timeline, where we would then begin looking at some developments in Athens and Sparta in more detail though I seem to have a habit of stretching out our subjects, or underestimating the level of attention I would like to treat them with. As I began writing the episode on Homer, it quickly became apparent that one episode was not going to cut it. More were needed to cover what I wanted to. This saw me using the first to focus on Homer and what we know about him as a man, which isn't very much when relying on the ancient writers. Homer did not leave any works that spoke about his own life, though some have sought to take things away from his epic poems to suggest he was using examples from his own life. There is still the question today of if Homer was a real figure, and if what we describe as Homeric poetry was rather established by a number of poets, creating a new poetic tradition over a number of generations. We also turn to what Homeric poetry was, how it was employed, and the style that is followed to distinguish it from other forms. We then quickly looked at two of the most well-known works of epic poetry, the Iliad and the Odyssey. This episode will be taking the work of the Iliad and looking at it on its own, and in more detail than last episode. We will then look at what the Iliad is about and flow through a brief synopsis of the poem and events depicted within. Then we will explore the different themes that are found throughout the work and what they are showing. Once looking at the story and themes, we will then turn to some questions around historicity, such as on the events and even if the work of the Iliad can reliably be attested to Homer. But first, let's quickly turn to what the Iliad is. The Iliad is an epic poem most commonly attributed to Homer, and seen to be the first of his two great works that we still have today, the other being the Odyssey. Now the term poem when referring to this work may lead some to think of it as a poem that we are used to seeing today, taking up a page or a few lines. Though the Iliad would be seen as epic poetry, in its English translation it would take up some 400 pages in a book format. Though we call it a book, within the work can be found 24 books making up the entire poem. In this sense, think of these books as chapters. A single book within the Iliad would have been what was written on a scroll, and that is how these books are defined. So basically, the Iliad in older times had been recorded on 24 scrolls. The Iliad would be looking to recount events taking place during the Trojan War, which was dated to the Bronze Age. We will look at the historicity of this a little later in the episode. Even though the Iliad would deal with the Trojan War, it would only focus on a few weeks during the final year of the ten-year-long struggle. These weeks would allow the poet Homer to then convey the messages and themes he was looking to present on the backdrop of a snapshot of the struggle between the Greeks and the Trojans. However, many of the poets had also composed poems using the Trojan War as their subject matter. These would all be part of what is known as the Epic Cycle, and would give a broader picture to the events taking place over the entire struggle. Unfortunately, most of these works that would make up the epic cycle are lost to us today, surviving only in fragmentary form. 
with us learning them through other ancient writers who make reference to them. To give some context to what the Iliad would look at, let's quickly remind ourselves of the broader conflict. I know we have spoken a few times briefly of the Trojan War, but I want to just remind ourselves before we look in more detail at the events the Iliad covers. What the Greeks referred to as the Trojan War would be ignited when the Trojan prince Paris, Alexander in some accounts, would take the Queen of Sparta, Helen, back to Troy after visiting Sparta on a diplomatic mission. Helen's husband Menelaus, the king of Sparta, would seek assistance from his brother Agamemnon, king of Mycenae, who ruled over one of the wealthiest kingdoms in Greece. This would end up seeing a coalition of Greek kingdoms brought together to set sail and make war against Troy across the Aegean. When the Greeks arrived on the shores of the Troad, they were faced with the imposing defensive walls of Troy and were unable to storm it, seeing them and having to settle in and conduct a siege. This would then see 10 years of battle, skirmishes and raids in and around the surrounding regions. Then we finally reach the events depicted in the Iliad in the final year of the conflict, after one of these raids had just been conducted. So this is just a very brief account of the events of the Trojan War leading up to where the Iliad would be concerned. As I said, we have covered these details in varying degrees previously in the series. So from here, let's expand a little more of what the Iliad is covering events-wise. The Iliad opens with Homer invoking the Muses to help him recount the events he wishes to perform, this being a common element to the opening of any epic poetry. We are then presented with an argument in the Greek camp taking place after a successful Greek raid. One of the prizes of the raid claimed by Agamemnon, was the daughter of the Trojan priest, Chryseis. He offers a ransom for her return, but Agamemnon refuses. This then sees Chryseis invoking the god Apollo for the transgression, who then inflicts a plague on the Greek camp, which lasts for ten days. Finally, on the tenth day of the plague, a meeting is held in the Greek camp that convinces Agamemnon to give up his prize, though he demands compensation for his loss, looking towards the girl Achilles had captured in the raid. A quarrel between the two erupts, Athena preventing Achilles killing Agamemnon, before Achilles then withdraws himself and his men from the fighting. He then appeals for help from his goddess mother, Thetis, where the Greeks, without Achilles' aid, begin losing. With Chryseis' daughter returned, the priest invokes Apollo once again to lift the plague on the Greeks. Well, that's my teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. You can also find the full version to this episode, plus other episodes where I've been focusing on the very early history of Greece. These episodes have allowed me to look back to where my series started and focus on topics in isolation, and in more detail than I had gone into before. I'm also open to members helping drive the direction of these episodes, with suggestions of what they would like to see covered. New episodes come out in the first week of every month, and are exclusive to members to show my appreciation for their supporting the series. If you've also been enjoying the series and would like to show your support, you can head over to Patreon at the Casting Through Ancient Greece page. Alternatively, you can discover many ways to support the series over on my website at www.castingthroughancientgreece.com and click on the Support the Series button. Thank you for listening and supporting the series. I look forward to hopefully seeing you over on Patreon and engaging with you over there.